0: And welcome to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimick, and I'm so glad that you decided to stop by. I have a chair reserved for you here. Today, we're going to look at week seven, day three of Give Up Worry for Good. We're in the second to the last week, day three, kind of like halfway through, more or less, the second week of Give Up Worry for Good. Man, this is. This is a great message we'll look at today. These are This is something said to some of the apostles. The quote we're going to look at, the verse I should say we're going to look at, came from Jesus to his apostles as they were afraid. They were lying face down on a mountain. They were so afraid. And Jesus came and spoke some words to them. And I think these words really are directed to each of us as well. We're going to look at that. And I'm going to share with you some insights. I was praying over this this verse earlier today, and I, I really believe the Holy Spirit took me in a different direction. Obviously, I think we should stick to, I don't want to discount what I said in the book because that's an important message, but I want to give you an additional, an additional um, insight, something that I, I believe the Spirit shared with, with me today. And I want to share that with you as well, so we're going to really dig into this this message from Jesus to his his inner circle of apostles, Peter James, and John, but really directed to each of us as well. So I really hope you could stick around for the entire program. Thank you so much for uh for joining me on the show today. I want to thank you again for your kind words. I get a lot I've been getting lately a lot of kind words about the podcast about give up worry for good. About the program that we're doing, about the book. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. Let's turn to um, let's turn to our heavenly Father now as we as we kick off uh, our program, and le- let's let's give him some praise. Let's thank him, and I'm going to ask him to give me the words that I'm supposed to deliver on the program today. All right, and I would ask you to join me now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear heavenly Father, thank you, thank you for being with us. It's kind of, uh, it's amazing, Father. Sometimes we can, if we're not careful, take for granted the fact that you are with us and that we can speak with you anytime we want. Even better, you are willing and always available to speak to us also. So this dialogue is not a one-way street. We speak to you, you speak to us, and we can do that at any time. What a great gift, Father. Father, we praise you. We kneel before you, acknowledging your greatness, acknowledging your power, acknowledging your infinite love, acknowledging your care for each one of us individually. So much so that you created each of us. Cell by cell, you knitted us together in our mother's womb. Every one of us has that in common. We were created by you. You designed us. You picked us to be born at a certain period in history, at a certain region in the world, born to a particular set of parents. Father, thank you for that gift. Father, we thank you for your willingness to always hear our prayers, We know that whenever we turn to you in prayer, you always hear us. Sometimes we accuse you of not listening because you aren't responding as quickly as we would like, or you might not be responding in the way we would like. But Father, through faith, we know that you always hear us, and we thank you for that. Father, we lift up all of our needs this day. Some of them are known. Some of them are unknown. We often don't even know what we really need. But we are able to ask you for what we need, both materially and spiritually, this day. And ask that you grant us our needs, whatever they may be. Give us this day, Father, our daily bread. Father, we lift up our family, our friends. So many people have come to us and asked for prayers. Oftentimes, we forget who they are. We forget that they may have asked But we lift them up, Father. You know who they are. We pray for those who are sick today. So many people are sick with physical ailments, some very, very, very serious. We pray for their healing, Father, in body and mind and in spirit. We pray for the souls of our deceased family and friends and ask that you be merciful to them and that you allow them to live with you forever in heaven. Father, we pray for those who don't know you this day. We lift them up. We ask you to bless them, to protect them, to provide for their needs, and to open their hearts so that they would be willing to enter into a deeper relationship with you, Father. But Father, we pray that you use us as your instruments. Use us to comfort others, to reveal your love through us. Father, I I pray that you give me the words today through your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Spirit so that I may know what I'm supposed to say on this program. Sometimes I think I know, but I don't want to miss anything. So if you need to take me in a different direction today, I'm all yours, Father. Just let me know as the program progresses. Finally, Father, we ask that you open all of our minds and all of our hearts to be receptive to your message as delivered on the show today. We ask these things in the name above all names, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, your Son, and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I had to reel myself in today. Once I start praying, sometimes it gets a little dangerous. Hey, uh, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the program. Thank you for praying with me. Again, my name is Gary Zimek. You're listening to Following the Truth. We come to you uh, every Monday through Friday for 30 minutes each day, and it is such a blessing to be able to speak about the Lord with you, to be able to journey with you. Right now, we're journeying through the book, Give Up Worry for Good, Eight Weeks to Hopeful Living and Lasting Peace. We're on week eight, or week seven already. Week seven, this week is devoted to surrender. It's a tough one for many of us, isn't it? Surrender. Lord, you know what's best. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Ooh, it's a tough prayer to pray, especially when we really want something or when we're praying for our family members. I struggle with this. Man, this is not an easy thing. You know what's best for my wife and children. Father, do what's best for them, even if it's not what I want. How about this? Even if it involves suffering, that is really, 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 really hard for those of us who like to be in control and who love our families, even if it involves suffering. You know what, though? Sometimes it does. Sometimes that suffering is beneficial. Actually, the suffering that the Lord allows into our lives is always beneficial. It's always designed to be beneficial, but sometimes we don't respond to it in a way that allows us to obtain all the graces that He wants to give us. The Lord's not going to allow any suffering in our lives if it can't help us in some way, if it can't be used for good. If He can't bring good out of it, He would never allow it. But that doesn't mean we always have to get good out of our suffering. Because sometimes we reject our crosses. Sometimes we, we refuse to accept the suffering He sends. You know, We all do that because none of us like suffering. But, uh, but he wouldn't allow it if he could not bring good out of it anyway uh before we get on to the material this week is all about surrender surrender again, tough thing for those of us who is it okay to call us control freaks i mean that's that's what we're talking about here. We like to be in control and uh and those of us who tend to be anxious who like who tend to worry, we like to be in control, and worry is an attempt to gain control over the uncontrollable right I mean that's what it is. So this week, we're learning to surrender. Today, um, before before we talk about today's meditation, I want to remind you that followingthetruth.com is my is my uh, website if you want to find out more information about me. And I got another request today to, uh, to lead a parish mission in Lent of 2022. I, I've got very few openings left, especially in Lent of 2022. If you want to bring me in, now is the time to do it. Just visit followingthetruth.com, let me know, give me the dates you're thinking of, and let's talk about this so I can give a give up, worry for Lent, parish mission, or a talk if you want to do a single talk, that's fine, maybe a retreat. I'm doing a combination of each of those this year, uh, or next year. So just head, head, on, head on over to followingthetruth.com. Also, I've got some some dates remaining in 2021 because of this crazy pandemic Things were shut down, and a lot of talks were not booked. So I do have openings toward the end of 2021. Give me, give it a shot if you want to. If you want to bring me into your church or to speak at your conference, check out my website, followingthetruth.com, or just email directly. Email me directly at gary at followingthetruth dot com, and let's talk about it. I really do want to get out there and and um, spread the good news. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today because of the pandemic. I've only done one. I think I only one only one live talk during 2021. I've got some scheduled for the end of the year, but I was out in Wisconsin in May. But man, it it's been brutal. It's been brutal. I've done virtual talks, but I haven't had the opportunity to speak in person. So if we're going to do it, now's the time to start setting some things up um, so that I can bring this "give up worry" message to your church, to your conference you know to your retreat house whatever it be whatever it is following com is the place to go okay so today we are looking to an event known as the the transfiguration this is where jesus took peter james and john up to a mountain up to the top of the, a top of mountain and he was going to give them a glimpse give them a glimpse of him in his heavenly glory and in in effect he's giving them a glimpse into heaven they're about to deal with some very unpleasant things because uh, prior to ascending the mountain, Jesus reminded or let them know, or reminded whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, but they didn't really get this. He let them know of the necessity of suffering. The disciple must suffer. If you want to follow Jesus, he said specifically in luke nine twenty three pick up your cross daily, or deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me." None of those things sound especially fun, do they? But that's the role of the disciple. Here's the the incredible paradox of being a Christian. This is how we find peace. You know, as crazy as it sounds, pick up my cross, and I'll take it a step further. Embrace your cross. Accept it. You know, that's the way we will find peace in life. And that's the crazy thing about Christianity. If we're going to find peace, we need to follow Christ. If we're going to follow Christ, here's what he says. Deny yourself. You know, in other words, don't focus so much on yourself, which is something us warriors love to do. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, accept whatever crosses the Lord allows into your life, and then follow him. That's what it takes, and that is the way to peace. So, imagine Jesus telling his disciples or the apostles, more accurately, this message. This is this is what you need to do if you want to follow me. That's not a very I mean, you know. You talk about bad PR. He could have come up with a better slogan than that. But that's the thing about Jesus. He speaks the truth. You know, the same guy who in Matthew eleven twenty eight said, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. You find life burdensome." Come to me and I will give you rest. This is the same guy who is now saying, If you want to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and then follow me. It sounds like they are are two different messages, but they're not. Because this is the beautiful thing about being a Christian. If we fully take up our cross, if we legitimately, for real, Follow Jesus. That's where we're going to find that rest that He promised. And um, it, it's a it's a tough sell, it really is. Let me tell you specifically. Let me just set this up using Luke's version of the Transfiguration before they went up to the mountain. Luke it begins Luke nine twenty three, and Jesus said to all, so He's talking to everyone here. And and these could be some people that aren't following him. You know, it's one thing to say to your apostles, if you want to follow me, they're already following him, but you guys are going to have to carry a cross. But he's saying it to the public. Imagine. But you know, there's something about Jesus that inspired people to follow him, even though what he presented was would sound a little painful. If any, if any man would come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself... And take up his cross daily, daily cross. Yeah, we all have a daily cross. It doesn't mean Christians carry a heavier cross. We all have problems. We all have traffic jams and bad weather. Sometimes you have very, very serious crosses as well. But let him deny himself. If somebody wants to follow me, Jesus said, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life, for my sake, he will save it. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is giving us the roadmap to following him. So then, after saying this again, rough message, he takes Peter, James, and John. Again, these guys are the inner circle of the apostles. They probably needed to hear this. They might have been struggling at this point, or they might be able to. They might have needed to see this. Would be more accurate. He takes him up to the mountain, and he gives him a glimpse of what he's going to look like in his glorified form. They're seeing, a, really, an insight into into heaven. And uh, let's see. Um, oh, let me let me go back because I, w- I want to do Matthew because that's the verse we're getting to our verse for today. Don't panic. Um, Matthew chapter seventeen, the Transfiguration. He takes them on a high mountain and he's transfigured before them. And he, uh, appearing to him as Moses and Elijah, Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophet. So we got a lot of history happening here. You know, this fulfillment of the law and the prophecies. And they're they're speaking with Jesus. So they're seeing what he looks like in his glorified form. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is well that we are here. He's liking what he's seeing. You know, this sounds a lot different than what Jesus was just talking about with carrying a cross. It's like it's it's well that we are here. If you wish, I will make 3 booths here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He wanted to stay. He didn't want to leave. Peter wanted to stay. Now, he was still speaking, and a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved Son. Now, this is the Father. This is an appearance of the Father in the New Testament. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved Son. The cloud is a a reference to the Holy Spirit. So, we're seeing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit communicating here. And the Father says, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Isn't that amazing? So we see a dialogue between the Father and and really and, and the disciples. So the Father is telling the, the disciples, remember it's Peter, James, and John, the three chosen apostles, Jesus' intimate followers, friends. Listen to him, guys. This is my beloved son. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were filled with all other translations that say they were afraid. You Because know, they're terrified. This is an incredible vision that they're seeing. They're scared. And they fell on their faces. And this is where we lead into today's verse. But Jesus came in Matthew 17, verse 7. Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now let's talk about this a little. I, I use this verse in the midst of the chapter of the week on surrender. Surrendering to the Lord. Not my will, but your will, Lord, be done. And in the uh, in Give Up worry for Good, I talk about, and the reason I put this toward the end, this is week seven, and I mentioned that there's a good chance by this point in time you may have lapsed and found yourself worrying again. Look, I found myself starting to worry the other day. It happens. It happens. And it typically happens when we start doing that what-if scenario in our head, the catastrophization, I don't know if that's the word, catastrophizing or catastrophization. I have no idea if that's a word. But you know what I mean? Worst case scenario, thinking about that, letting your mind go crazy watching the news, becoming afraid, the COVID numbers are up, what's going to happen, you know? And I'll be honest, I start thinking, the other day I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm scheduling these speaking events again. What happens if they're all canceled? Now, Now this is the way, see, this is the way that our minds think sometimes, those of us who are anxious. We think of these things. Well, what if? And the devil hears me start doing the what if game And he gets right in there. Yeah, Gary, what if? What if everything is canceled? What if you have no talks? What if you make all these arrangements and you are back in quarantine? What are you going to do then? You know? And it's really easy to start going down that road. But we have to catch ourselves. We really do. And this is where we have some control. And say, devil, shut up. Gary with your crazy thoughts you shut up too and we focus on Jesus and we surrender and we remember that he is all powerful and that he is in control and you know what if he doesn't want things to work out that has to be okay for us thy will be done we can't have it both ways you know and look the reason I'm getting a little angry is I'm angry at myself for starting to think that way because I want to control I want to control my future and I don't want anybody even God taking me down a path that I don't want to go down. Like that's my that's my inmost my inner human fallen human nature coming out. My control freak attitude coming out. You know? We got to be careful about that because that's not what a follower of Christ is supposed to do. We're never going to find peace that way either. Jesus says, follow me, follow me, surrender. Not your will, he says to me, but my will be done. Remember St. John the Baptist? We just talked about that yesterday. He must increase, but in order for him to increase, Gary has to decrease. It's got to be the Lord's way or the highway, right? My way or the highway. And that's that's the way you're going to find peace in life. And really, and, and and look, Peter, Peter's trying to hold on to this. Like, Lord, no, this is great. I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to stay. And he gets this vision. And the vision kind of overwhelms him. And he ends up flat on his face, scared to death. And not only are they in awe of this vision of the Father and the glorified Jesus, but they're scared to go back down that mountain. He doesn't. Peter, for one, he does certainly doesn't want to leave that mountain. He likes it there. Because he had just heard some ugly stuff about what it takes to be a follower of Jesus. And he's going to hear more as they go back down the mountain. You know, So in the book, I talk about if you've fallen, if you end up flat on your face, no matter how you got there, whether you gave in to worry, whether you gave in to some sin that you're trying to give up, we're all going to end up on our face at some point in time. On our face, staring at the ground. It's at that point. Now, listen to this: that Jesus comes, and this is the way the, this is the way the, um, today's verse reads, Matthew seventeen verse seven. But Jesus came, so He comes into our situation. We're lying flat on our face. We're discouraged. We're defeated. He comes. He touches them. He's close enough to us that he can touch us, right? And he says, "Rise." And have no fear. Get back up. Follow me. I'm with you. Rise and have no fear. And they lifted their eyes. They, they stopped staring at the ground. They stopped staring at the problems in front of them. Because when we look downward, when we look at the ground, when we look at our problems, when we look at the things of earth, we're not going to feel peace. We have to look up and respond to that call of Jesus. These are powerful words. Rise. Have no fear. But while he's saying that, he comes into our lives, he touches us, and he says, rise, have no fear. Do you notice what the what has to be done here? Do you notice who has control, who has to make a decision? It's you and me. Jesus didn't lift us up by himself. He said, rise, but I, only I can do that. He's telling me to rise, to get up, to look at him, and to follow him. Am I willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? And you know, whether it's what I talked about in the book, this idea of falling from sin, or the other revelation today that I got, and I'm going to share this with you before as we bring this show to a close. Every morning, for many of us who tend to be anxious, getting out of bed is a scary proposition, isn't it? Because we're afraid to face sometimes what we have to face. So I want you to picture Jesus coming to you in bed, when you're afraid, when you're lying there, just like Peter, James, and John were, coming to you and saying, Rise and have no fear. But remember that he walks into your bedroom. See, he came. He came to them. He touched them. He walks into your bedroom. He touches you. He holds you by the hand. He extends his hand. Maybe that's a more accurate way to look at it. And he says, Rise, have no fear. Get out of that bed, but grab Jesus by the hand first and then face the day with him by your side. And when you start to do that, that is a great mental picture. It's one that I love. When you start to do that, that fear begins to fade little by little. He didn't say, don't worry. He said, even better, have no fear. Now remember, fear is an emotion. Fear can't necessarily be controlled, but by focusing on Jesus, you're going to see your fear begin to fade. Little by little, it's a gradual process. Take his hand, rise, and have no fear. Why? Because the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, is with you. That's why you should have no fear. And this process requires what? It requires surrender. When Jesus said, rise, you have to surrender control to him. When you're playing the what-if game, you're in control. At least you think you are. When you're worrying, you're in control. But that doesn't bring you any peace. So it's important for all of us to surrender control of our lives to Jesus. I'm not going to worry, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. I'm scared, Lord, but I choose consciously to surrender your will be done. Let's go, Jesus. Right? When we start doing that, then the fear begins to fade. Hey, if you have questions, email me at gary at com. Otherwise, uh, I look forward to being back with you here tomorrow.